This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. I love video games and pro wrestling. With three fans who know how to talk some trash. None of these cross-eyed mouth breathers deserve to hear this voice. I guess it's time to take out the trash. Hi, everyone. Welcome back, my friends, to the show. That never ends. We call this a turnbuckle trash. Hi, I'm Dave Dedden, and joining me right now is Zane O'Mag, Zane Peterson. Hi, Zane. How are you doing, man? Dave. What? Do you know what I was thinking? I had this really deep thought just barely. <laughs> you I have deep pondering, thoughts. <laughs> pondering deep, deep in thought while you were doing your introduction there. You know what I was thinking? Um, <laughs> no, if I wasn't your co-host, you'd have to record the podcast alone. Oh, I wouldn't want to do that. I've had to do that for a couple of weeks, and I didn't like it. Yeah, it sucks, huh? Yeah, I mean, I I did okay, but hearing one voice just kind of gets dull, you know? Yeah. Dull. Well, when you can bounce ideas off each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a good deep thought, though. You know, I was like, you know, just running that through my mind. Yeah, and, you know, just before we get into uh, the meat of the program, I'll tell you that I found that when I, Dave didn't, because uh, I, Al Franken, uh, I found that when I had people to bounce off of when I was doing my radio program, I thought I did a lot better uh, because, you know, yeah. I have a pretty quick wit and uh, I just, I enjoyed it when I had a co-host, but most did of my career, do, I didn't, I didn't have one. I was going to so. say, did you ever do a morning show or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I had uh, yeah. a couple of times uh, in mid-Missouri. I did one, we called it the Radio Guys. And uh, that was uh, because uh, somebody came up to us one time, couldn't remember our first names, and said, hey, you, you radio guys. And I said, well, it was a perfect name for a show. So I was radio guy uh-huh. Dave. He was radio guy Eric. And uh, we did very well. But uh, unfortunately, Eric came down with multiple sclerosis, and we had to sell the radio station. Oh. And then when I was on uh, the Country Giant uh, here in Logan, uh, I did a two-man show for quite a while. Well, it was uh, a really? man-woman show, and I had uh, – a lady named uh, Sherry Rice who was doing the news. And uh, Sherry was very good at what she did. But the one thing I could do, all I had to do was breathe, and that girl would start laughing. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what it was, but I I made her laugh a lot. And that was a very good radio program. And and, uh, just just a couple real quick ones. I had another guy. We called him Wide Wide Awake Mike, and he wasn't very good, but I needed somebody to bounce (laughs) off of. And then... (laughs) Then I got to tell you this, okay? There was a guy that ran around uh, in Utah radio for a while, called himself Cowboy Ted. Now, I hope nobody gets this back to Ted, because he was a nice enough guy, and we could do some decent stuff on the air, but he wanted to have a name for the program. So we had this big meeting. We brought in donuts, and we brought in hot chocolate, and there were a whole bunch of us sitting around having this meeting and how to name this morning radio program. His idea was to call us the Barnyard Buddies. Oh, uh, okay. And I said, nay, no way <laughs> that I'm going to ever be a Barnyard Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I just, oh, yeah. I couldn't believe it. He got really mad at me, too, because I wouldn't do uh, it. And I was the boss, so. Well. Yeah. No, anyway. Well, we've had a, um, a sad week in professional wrestling. Also, oh my gosh, a lot dude. of news. Do and we have? Do we have? To, do we have to talk about it? You know, I think we should because these uh, these know, two I main performers, 
they meant so much to me personally. Uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Wyndham Rotunda, and also the great Terry Funk, two of my all-time favorites, and they pass away within a day of each other. And the uh, the thing with Bray Wyatt, uh, he had contacted COVID, and the doctors feared that it had attacked his heart, and he had a heart condition that had not been uh, properly diagnosed, and it exasperated that situation. So Bray Wyatt uh, did pass away. It, that that to me shook me. I mean, it really oh. shook me to the core. You know, I'll tell you something real quick. Um, makes me really sad. Um, there's, you know, most of the time you hear of <clears throat> a celebrity or a professional athlete passing away, and it's like, oh man, that was like really sad and really, you know. There was there's been two. I guess celebrities, you could say, or, or a, you know, celebrity status that that have really shook me, really like you're saying, that I actually shed some tears to. Um, the first one was about six years ago. Um, I was on my way home from. I was one. I was working at Snow College, and I was listening to the local country radio station, and they announced that Don Williams, the you know, Don Williams, the country oh, singer. Oh man, what a great singer! Uh, they always oh. called him. The, the gen, what do they call him? The gentle giant. The gentle giant. Um, and and uh, I saw Don Williams in Pocatello, Idaho, mm-hmm. and uh, the next night he went to Boise, and he actually had to leave the stage early because um, he got sick, and they canceled oh. the rest of his tour, oh. and he never toured again. Oh. And. Anyways, but it, the whole point of the story was is I actually I shed some tears when Don Williams passed away, and I called my dad and talked to my dad, and you know was kind of boobing a little bit. And uh-huh. um, when you called me the other night uh, and told me that Bray Wyatt had passed away, I was pretty sad, and we talked for a few minutes, you uh-huh. and I, but it really didn't hit me until last Saturday. I was watching that tribute that the WWE uh, had aired on SmackDown. Uh-huh. And I I couldn't hold it back, man. I just started tearing up and 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 started, you know, I got really emotional when I texted you and told you that I was bawling like a baby. Because, yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm going, man, you know, I don't know. I didn't know Bray Wyatt personally, but like for the last... 15 years that you and I have been doing the podcast together, almost 15 years. Right. Not quite. Hasn't it been about, has it been about, I think 12? it's been about 11 or 12 now. So, yeah. And I mean, but we've talked about him almost every show, mm-hmm. it seems like. And, 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 you know, the run with the Wyatt family was so fun and so great. And, and then the stuff as the fiend. And uh, I mean, the guy was such a good athlete, such a good character, such a good everything, and it was so heart wrenching to hear that. And then when we when I saw that that uh, little tribute they did, oh my gosh, man, I was boobing like a baby. Well, you know, he was extremely talented, and uh, he he really got his start in NXT uh, when it was still a competition. Remember that when. 
Uh, he was yeah. uh, Husky Harris, and uh, he yeah. was one of the yeah. original members of, uh, I think, the Nexus. I don't think he lasted long there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, as Husky Harris. And I always said, boy, they could do something with that guy. And uh, that's when they came up with the Wyatt family. And I was floored at how he could do the character and stay in character until I heard an interview with him one time. Uh, This was a shoot interview. He said, that character was me. It was more like me than anything I've ever done. And, uh, you know, he was a little bit different. He had that those southern roots, uh, kind of like a, an old southern preacher, and uh, that and he had the personality. And then coming out in the the flower shirt and the rocking chair, and then uh, doing the, the the lantern and you know we're here or let me in, whatever the uh, the phrase was he was doing at the time. I was mesmerized, honestly. I was mesmerized by that character. And uh, the time that I think it was on a Monday Night Raw. That he comes out with, this is when he was feuding with John Cena, and he comes out with that children's choir. Oh, and, yeah. And they're singing, the, he's got the whole world in his hands. Honestly, my jaw dropped. That was such yeah. good. To, you know, people at TV Guide, they do the 100 best moments. That should be one of the best moments of live television. That was so incredibly well done. And so impactful to me, anyway, that I'll never forget it. I loved it, and then John Cena added on to it, and it became part of their feud. I, I was just mesmerized by the. And well, by the way, and I, I have I, my Fiend T-shirt on right now. All right, Firefly okay, Funhouse. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, you know, I and I loved. Uh, you know, the Wyatt family was something. You know how some some. Uh, some factions and shticks get a little old, kind of like, you know, the, the whole bloodline thing was super cool, uh-huh. but it was starting to get a little bit, it's starting to get a little bit, yeah. uh, uh, you know, but I always loved the Wyatt family and, you know, when they had like, uh, remember when Randy Orton was in there for a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan was there uh-huh. and, uh, do you remember old, uh, 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 what's his name? The uh, Braun Strowman when Braun yep. Strowman came out with the black yep. mask on. That was so cool. Right, and, that was so good. Oh, yeah, that was so good. It it was it was different than what we are used to. When you talk about wrestling and sports entertainment, that was a wrestling, but it was so entertaining, and that's what I thought was yeah. the brilliance oh. of Bray Wyatt. I think we were, I don't know if we mentioned this on the last show or if we were just texting this, but I do recall us, uh, I don't remember how we were having the conversation, about how, like, the supernatural, larger-than-life characters are gone. Right. There really is no, you know, the Undertaker... We all knew that the Undertaker wasn't dragging everybody to hell when he'd come up to the middle of the ring and yeah. pull them down, but we loved it. Right. We loved it, and and you know the, a good old fashioned casket match, throw them in the casket and bury them, and mm-hmm. and like you know, and there's so many of those these those those you know larger than life 
supernatural type characters that like they don't exist anymore and i think that the things that have ruined it is like social media and just this world that we live in of everything being having to be fact-checked and everything having to be real it's almost it almost sucks because it kind of ruins a little bit of professional wrestling for us like you know, when Sting coming down from the rafters, uh, uh, you know, and remember when Sting stood up there with that big, that big uh, uh, bird on his arm, and uh-huh. and uh, I mean, those are gone. Right. And and Bray Wyatt was the Wyatt family was almost the last of that in the last because that's been I mean the Wyatt family stuff hasn't been around for what, five, six years? Maybe not quite yeah. that long. What do you think? Bray, long Bray got, he was, he was ill. He got injured. Then he got released. And so he was coming back occasionally in between all this. And his last run uh, was uh, the, the last match was with LA Knight, by the way, that uh, Mountain Dew yeah, pitch Black Knight. Yeah. And uh, right. so that kind of thing is going to be hard to replicate I think what you're seeing the closest to right now is actually in all elite wrestling uh, with uh, Aleister Black and the House of Black. That's probably the closest that we have right now, although it's not exactly the same. But uh, that's probably the closest. Darby Allen's doing some stuff in AEW. I don't know if you'll ever see that kind of programming again in WWE. I might be completely wrong, but... Uh, yeah, it was so different. It was mesmerizing. I mean, literally mesmerizing. I, well, I'm just, and I'm the fact sad that they made it, you know, whoever wrote that, that, that was within the writing at the time. I, uh, whoever did that stuff was, was really good. They had a, they had a definitely a very good mind for the business, you know? Right. And, but I don't know. Do you know who was writing at the time? I think Bray did a lot of the character development, and maybe he didn't do the the writing and all the the stuff. But I think a lot of the times he was the one making suggestions on where the storyline was going to go, and maybe they would let him do a little bit more of his promo work because he was so incredibly good at promo work with that within that character. And um, mm-hmm. to even hear him talk, if you remember. When he first came back before this uh, this final run, when he got in the, the ring and he said, I'm going to talk to you as me. I'm going to talk to you as me. This is me. He still had that same cadence when he thanked everyone for for being there for him. Uh, and uh, I just I mean, I'm 36 years old, way too, way too young to go. He had probably 10 to 15 more years to develop that character, to maybe bring back the Wyatt family. Uh, I don't know. It was, um, you, you know, you can't look ahead. You can always say, I just appreciated what he did for what it was. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be a fan forever now. I, honestly, I'm not going to try to canonize him. Like a lot of times when a performer dies way too young, he becomes canonized in people's eyes. Because some of the stuff he did when he was Husky Harris didn't work. <laughs> but boy, when mm-hmm. he was doing The Fiend, The Firefly Funhouse, it worked. It was so different that it worked. And that's 
what I just totally loved about Bray Wyatt. Uh, not, you know, we talked a little bit at, at the opening of the show about another legend that passed away. And, um, you know, Terry Funk was more... You no, know, I remember Terry Funk in kind of the the Attitude era when he was doing some stuff with... Uh, with Cactus Jack and right. and but that was quite a bit later in his career. You knew, you know, you were you would probably know more about him than I would. Yeah, Terry Funk and his brother Dory Funk Jr. came into a wrestling family. Their father owned a promotion in in Texas. I want to say Amarillo or something like Abilene, in one of those. Not exactly sure, but uh, his brother became the NWA champion for a while. And I actually saw Dory Funk Jr. wrestle as the NWA champion in St. Louis. I was like maybe 10 or 11 years old, and I saw him against Jack Briscoe. It's just a memory that I have that, but I never had the opportunity uh, that I can remember seeing Terry Funk, although I saw him a million times on TV. Uh, He did things his way, his promo work because I've been listening to a lot of his promos. It was incredibly. It was, here's this redneck from Texas that's calling you an egg-sucking dog, Dusty Rhodes, and he's going to beat you to death, or he's calling Jerry Lawler an egg-sucking dog, and uh, you believe that he hated these people. I mean, you would believe that he hated, hated with the passion, Dusty Rhodes. And uh, they had some incredible, incredible matches. Now, Terry and Mick Foley uh, were wound up in Japan at the same time, and they hooked him up in a program where they were doing some really hardcore the death matches. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that type of wrestling, but then they came over to the States again, and Terry Funk wound up in ECW. Well, he was already in his 50s by that time. And, uh, you know, Mick Foley was his best friend. And they did some incredible work that went on to become the uh, tag champions in the WWE. And Terry could barely walk at times. He was in so much pain. But what a performer. I got one quick question because, I mean, a question, a story. And you were there when this happened, okay? I know what you're going to say, Yeah, uh, We were at DCW in Salt Lake City, and Vince Russo was there. Remember when Vince Russo, we were all talking after the show, and I don't know if you were a part of this conversation or if you were talking to Tombstone Jesus or whatever, but Vince Russo, and I remember he and I were just kind of off in the corner talking. He said, Dave, are you from Memphis? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, you grew up watching Memphis wrestling. Yes, sir, I did. And he said to me, he said, do you remember the empty arena match with Mick Foley against The Rock? And I said, yeah. And he looked at me and said, do you know where we got that from? I said, Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler. And he says, precisely. And he said that was one of the best matches he had ever seen in his life. And I had to agree with him. I watched it again this week on YouTube. And if you've never seen the empty arena match with Jerry the King Lawler and Terry Funk. It is so well done. You wouldn't believe there's not an audience there. 
just incredible, incredible stuff. I wonder if you can find that on YouTube or anything. Yes, you can. You can find that match on YouTube. Yeah. Look up Terry Funk, Empty Arena, Jerry Lawler. And I'll, I'll kind of give you a little, just a little uh, bit here. The announcer, Lance Russell, added so much to that match. And if you watch it, you will be mesmerized. And especially at the end, how they ended it, it was, it was so good. And it added to the feud that still lasted a few more weeks between Funk and Lawler. And um, it was just the best. I mean, Terry Funk did movies. He was in, um, what was that, Round, um, Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he did yeah. a Sylvester Stallone movie. Uh, he did uh, some TV appearances, uh, but he was he was him when he was in the ring, and I, I I say that because he was a big tough wrestler, but according to Mick Foley, one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet, and the way the wrestling community has reacted to the news of his death, uh, never having met the man. Uh, I would probably say that's probably true. One of the nicest human beings out there that did everything for the love of the business and the and sports entertainment and wrestling. It, 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 he was that good. Do you remember when you and I went to Wise Guys Comedy Club in Ogden? Oh, yes. And Foley yeah. told the story uh -huh. of, of when uh, he got chokeslammed through the hell of a cell and he talked about how uh, and, and that was all, that was not planned when, uh, that was impromptu to that mm -hmm. Terry Funk came running out in the ring and, and he was trying to buy time for Mick Foley <laughs> to wake up cause he was knocked unconscious. <laughs> right. And he says, he says, the undertaker's walking around pacing back and forth and he says, is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> and then and didn't, didn't he jump like, didn't he choke, uh, choke yeah, slam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was so, so yeah. So Terry Funk gets up and starts, you know, trying to help, trying to kill time for for Mick Foley to wake up because he's freaking concussed and unconscious, which they would never let anything like that ever happen now. Right. So thank goodness we got to see a little bit of that crazy stuff at one point in our lives, and. And he picks Terry Funk up, choke slams him out of his shoes. Right, that was great. <laughs> he says, "Oh, it was, and it was even funnier to hear Mick Foley tell the story. I mean, it was just yeah, that was that was a great time you and I had there." Yeah, because Mick Mick said that when he was coming out of it, he looked around. And he says, "Is that my shoe?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great! But it? there will there will never be. I mean, when we're talking old school wrestlers, there there are certain people that I don't know if you could ever do them again. Uh, Terry Funk is one of them. I mean, he was an old school wrestler. Uh, he did. Uh, he was rough and tumble. He would bleed. He would uh, he would do whatever it took to get over. And um, yeah, I, honestly, I I would put him. It's so hard when you say a top ten or the Mount Rushmore or whatever, I would put him in a list of, of my favorites of all time. I don't know if it would be a top five, top 10, top 50, but 
that's how much up there. he he is up there with uh, a lot of my favorites, and I, I wish I had the opportunity to see him in the ring. But as far as I know, I never did. Well, Dave, it's a it was a somber week. It, uh, you know, we wish those families and fans and everybody of those two larger than life characters, you know, that uh, turnbuckle trash wishes them all well and our condolences do go out to their families and and hopefully they'll find peace and know that they affected a lot of people's lives in a good a good positive way and you know and if i guess if you and i can do that in our own lives then you know we'll have made a difference too so you know the friends and the family but i think we need to add that to the fans because yeah. these people are part of our lives sometimes you know we just enjoy yeah. what they do, so we'll we'll also do that for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. We have planned to be talking to Christopher Evans about this time to get his thoughts on the passing of the great Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, but we'll have to do that at another time. Uh, we'll have Chris the next time that he is on the podcast with us. We'll have him make comments about uh, those uh, two great wrestlers who passed away recently. So at this time, let's take a little bit of a break. But before we do that, I want to uh, play something special that we put together for Bray Wyatt and for Terry Funk. And then we'll come back and do the 10 Bells with a couple other wrestlers who recently passed away. You're listening to Turnbuckle Trash. It's time to take out the trash on Turnbuckle Trash. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. This isn't a social event. This is a competition where there's one winner. You don't see the outfit before a fight playing with jacks and juice boxes. No, no, they talk trash and they beat the crap out of each other. This is Turnbuckle Trash. We're here. Behold, a new face of fear. Eric Rowan is and always has been my brother, just as Luke Harper is my brother, just as Braun is my brother. We are brothers united in blood. Oh, 
how I have missed you. But I knew that we would be back together again someday. I saw it in my dreams. This is the Firefly Funhouse. And my name is Bray Wyatt. Yowie wowie, we're gonna have so much fun here. I used to be a very bad man. I'm really sorry for what I did. I mean, all of you forgive me, right? Can't you hear them singing? Can't you hear them singing with me? Brothers and sisters, he's got the whole in his hand. He's got the whole in his hand. He's got the whole in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. Now, who is Bray Wyatt? I could give you a million definitions, because I have a thousand names. We're here. From the Double Cross Ranch in Amarillo, Texas, weighing 260 pounds, Harry. I'm talking about the fella that looks like a frog breaks down like a shotgun Stinks like a dog. Stinks like a dirty egg-sucking dog. Egg-sucking dog. Egg-sucking dog. Is there anything wrong with that attitude? I might slap you right in the face. It's Terry Funk. Your voice has changed, but your breath is still the same. Whenever I say that Ric Flair has a banana nose, that makes his feet a little bit itchy, but it doesn't make him that mad. Whenever I say that he has horse teeth, that bothers him somewhat. Whenever I say that he looks like Barbara Bush in drag, that also bothers him somewhat. And I have no respect for that fat, no good, egg-sucking cockroach, Dusty Rhodes. If you take a horse that's an idiot and you breed it to another idiot, do you know what you have? I'm 99% sure you're going to have another damn idiot. Because he obviously is a putrid-looking fat you should be wearing a 48 triple C cup. Egg sucking dog. 
We did it our way. Not like the WCW. We did it our way. Not like AAA, New Japan, All Japan, FMW. We did it our way. Not like the ultimate fighting organizations. We did it our way. Because I'm middle-aged and crazy, crazy like a fox. Hey, I want to tell you kids something. Don't believe in Santa Claus. And remember, old yeller ain't no dog. And who is it? It's Terry Funk. More dangerous than a hollow-eyed scorpion. I'm coming. From the Double Cross Ranch in Amarillo, Texas, weighing 260 pounds, Terry Funk. Another wrestler who passed away is the Sheik, Sheik Adnan Al-Kasi, who is with a faction, uh, also wrestled against uh, Sergeant Slaughter for quite a while. He passed away Wednesday. He was 84 years old. So for the Sheik, Terry Funk, and the great Bray Wyatt, here are the Ten Bells. Cat, is he ready? Oh. Let's go to the match, please. I'd like to get old Hacksaw, give him Duggan's tuba for and do a little work on you. Tag me, tag me, tag me, please! What do you call that a flying springboard knee to the face? Oh, that works. All the fans here with us, it's just two guys rolling around in spandex together, so... This is Turnbuckle Trash. We need to talk about some issues that popped up with CM Punk and All Elite Wrestling. CM Punk evidently no longer employed by the AEW group because of an incident that occurred backstage in London, and uh, that was with Jack Perry. Uh, There was uh, a lot of different reports about what happened. When you talk about reports, different people see things a different way. So I'll just, uh, just say there was an incident that occurred backstage Tony Khan felt like he was in danger at the time. There was the incident with CM Punk and Jack Perry. There were a lot of the wrestlers that were there saying Punk was out of line, and so did uh, Tony Khan. Tony Khan did make this statement. Today I had to make one of the toughest decisions of my professional career. Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk, for cause. This stems from a backstage incident at AEW All-In last Sunday. The incident was regrettable, and it endangered people backstage. That includes the production staff, the people who helped put the show on every week, innocent people who had nothing to do with it. I've been going to wrestling shows for over 30 years. I've been producing them on this network for nearly four years. Never in all that time have I ever felt, until last Sunday, 
that my security, my safety, my life was in danger at a wrestling show. I don't think anybody should feel that way at work. I don't think the people I work with should feel that way. And I had to make a very difficult choice today. It came at the recommendation of a discipline committee here in AEW, as well as outside legal counsel who delivered a unanimous recommendation. And I have followed up on that recommendation. I'm sorry to any fans who are upset by this. I'm sorry to anyone who's upset by this. Despite that, we're going to have a great show tonight on Collision, and we're going to have a great AEW all-out pay-per-view tomorrow here in Chicago. Last weekend was the greatest weekend in AEW history. This is the greatest week in AEW history. We're going to continue the great momentum here tonight on Collision and tomorrow night on all-out pay-per-view. No official response from CM Punk at this time. Also word that Jack Perry is suspended indefinitely. Not fired, but he is suspended. There are some people that are calling for Jack Perry to also be fired for his role in that altercation. Now, with uh, the all-in, all-out a couple of weekends with AEW, there was a lot of questions about what would happen with the people like us who buy the pay-per-views. I've only missed one pay-per-view while AEW has been in existence. That one that I missed was because of some local problems with my internet provider and we could not get hooked up. So it's okay for me to be able to spend $50 for a pay-per-view and my wife joins me and we get together and have a good time watching AEW Wrestling. Now what happened with All In and All Out was a little bit more than I could handle and evidently a lot of other wrestling fans were thinking the same way. The all-in buy rate. Now, the, the when you say the buy rate, how many people purchased the pay-per-view? The rounded figure that came in from ITN was for all-in, the London show, 180,000 buy-ins. That included me. Enjoyed the show immensely. It was fun. Then they decided to, one week later do the all-out show, and that was from Chicago, CM Punk's hometown. How many buy-ins from that? Went down considerably, almost in half, to about 100,000 buy-ins. I can't say whether that is a terrible number or a good number to only be one week away. Most of the buy-ins for the pay-per-views for AEW are around 110 to about 140,000 for the buy-ins. That's pretty much a number that's pretty steady. But for the all-in, the show in London, 180,000. Then one week later, they do the Chicago show, about 100,000. Of course, in the Chicago show, a lot of wrestling fans are making a big deal out of Tony Khan being booed when he comes out to address the crowd. But you got to remember, that's CM Punk's hometown. The wounds are still pretty fresh there. But we wanted to address that issue a little bit. Who's at fault? Well, a lot of people are saying it's CM Punk's fault. We'll have to find out when he passes out his side of the story. And uh, we'll see if we can make an addressment about that. But we'll do that at a later date. Coming up next, it's back to Zane 
O-Mac. You're listening to Turnbuckle Trash. Let's take out the trash. Roger that. No, not that kind of trash. Not what kind of trash? Wait, so we're not taking out the actual trash? No, I meant it figuratively. I spent a lot of time separating out the recyclable. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. One of the things that's always a lot of fun is when you have a premium live event or you have a uh, pay-per-view, and AEW had one over the weekend, over 84,000 people showed up at Wembley Stadium. It was a record for a professional wrestling one-day event. And uh, it was a very, very good pay-per-view. I Okay, so I have uh, a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, no problem, man. Um, I I don't know a ton about AEW. Um, Yeah, Most of what I know is just highlights on YouTube, stuff that you've shown me uh, and told me to watch and stuff. But right before the pay-per-view, several of the pro wrestling sites that I follow on Google and stuff, they were making fun of AEW and saying how terrible of a card it's going to be and how AEW is scrambling at the last second to put this pay-per-view together. Did you get that feeling at all? I just want to clarify if this news outlet, I'm about ready to unfollow them on Google because I'm, because I, the stuff that they print is garbage. Oh, you want my opinion? You want my honest opinion? Uh, They can can go straight to hell, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I hate these people that think that they are experts in the field. No, they are not. And because we're not there, we're not backstage, we're not there trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, there were some class, class things that happened with MJF uh, defeating Adam Cole in an unreal storyline. And um, the storyline was... They were put together as this team. They became friends after being enemies. And then they were being frenemies. And then they had to wrestle for the title. And there were times in the match where one would look like they were turning on the other. It was really well done. I mean, really well done. And MJF did wind up winning. Uh, Then, I mean, my favorite match, except for the, the outcome was Billy Gunn and the Acclaim uh, taking on the House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King. That's the big guy you've been talking about. And that was for the yeah. uh, World Trios title. That's a six-man title. That was now, as— Hey, that's, yeah. a cool, that's a cool title. That's a cool idea. It is. It is a great idea. And it was won by the Acclaim and Billy Gunn, which I'm not a, a fan of the Acclaim. I like Billy Gunn. But the House of Black, oh, my word. They are so good together, and I hope that they all keep them together and uh, maybe even add one or two people to it. That It was, as they say now, the kids would say, well, that's a banger. It was a banger of a match. It was unreal. And I'm an old man trying to sound young, you know, so. But, you kind of sounded like you kind of sounded like Harry Carey there a little bit. <laughs> but, I <don't> <laughs> but I don't drink. But I don't drink. But to hear you, what you said about this website, you know, can I where do, can I call them out or or is that not no call call them out? What, what's it called? Okay, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Sports Kita. 
Sportskeeda. I'm not decide. Yeah. Sportskeeda. And, and I, you know, I, how I've clicked on the stuff, the other things and, and read some stuff from them. And so now it automatically shows up on my Google feed and the stuff that they print and the, it is garbage. I sent you several of their links right. and went, what is this trash? They, they always have, what I, I don't know what you call it. You might know cause you're in the, you've been in that industry, but like a fake title, like when you have a, a, a leader title, that's not, Oh, it's a headline. No. It's called a headline. Headline, yeah, like, just terrible. But, but a he- the head, the headline is not. You know, it'll be like Becky Lynch drops title, and and then you'll click on it, and it'll be like exploring the ideas of who Becky Lynch would drop the title. Yeah, to. I know. It a, it's like that's a terrible. That's a terrible headline. It's misleading. Like, not, yes. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it could have Thanks. said ideas for Becky Lynch, you know, or something like that. I had one yeah, this week. It's not yeah. the Sports Kedia, but there was one on my Facebook feed that said, fans praying for Ric Flair. So I said, what in the world's going on? I click on it, and all it was was an article about Bray Wyatt and about Terry Funk and how Ric Flair had made a comment about how it really affected him. Didn't say anything Rick was about to die or uh, he was, you know, devastated thinking suicide. But the that's what the headline made you think, that something yeah. was wrong with Rick Flair. And I called him out on it. I said, who wrote this stupid headline? They should lose their job. I love you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sure. was that's, terrible. That's, not, that's completely misleading. Yeah. It's completely misleading. And, and it's not fair to the audience and it's it's not fair to – the industry as well. It really gives the industry a bad name because, you know, a professional wrestling has a little bit of a, I don't know how I, how to say it. You know, these terms better than I do, but how would you say it? Like, you know how professional things like, like, I'll tell you, I'll kind of give you an example and maybe you can put a word to it. Like at school, my kid will wear his Rey Mysterio shirt <laughs> and they'll be like, what's that? And he'll be like, that's Rey Mysterio. Who's that? A pro wrestler. What's that? You know, pro wrestling, like the guys, like, oh, that fake stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like that type of how pro wrestling has that kind of from people don't know and understand the stories and the the athleticism that just kind of judge it from the outside. You, you tell, I don't know what the, I don't know, I don't know if stigma is the right word. Stigma is a great word. Yeah. You know, it kind of has a little bit of a stigma from people who don't know what it is. So you print a stupid headline like that, and it just gives those people <laughs> more ammo against us. <laughs> well, you, yeah, I agree with you there. Well, what happened was, and the professional wrestling industry kind of did it to themselves. Because back in the early days of TV, even back in the Carney days, they wanted it to be legit, you know, kayfabe. They wanted it people to believe it was legit. And then you get the Hulk Hogan era and you get the steroid era and they come out and they start talking about it being sports entertainment. And so many people took it and they they were offended by it. They were offended that these people were out there uh, trying to make us believe this was real. Well, I took it as saying, I'm glad it's not real. You know, I do know that these guys get hurt. I know they're putting their bodies yeah. on the line. And when I explain it to somebody who says that to me, I always say, 
It is no different than when you go to a movie and you watch the Avengers against Thanos, Batman against the Joker. It's just entertainment. Now, it's live. Yeah. It's kind of like live theater. I've even had it, uh, heard it compared to going to Shakespeare in the park. You know, actors learn how to do sword fighting for their roles. Actors learn how to do fighting fighting so they don't get hurt. Now, of course, they have, you know, stuntmen come in and do the dangerous stuff. But when you can explain it to somebody and say, don't watch it as an athletic event. Watch it as a story, as good against evil and how the evil guy will do anything to screw with the good guy and how that works out. And sometimes they have guys that are right on the edge of being evil that are doing good things and vice versa. Uh, but it it's that's the way I explain it to them. And I've had several people say, oh, oh, now I understand. And I know of at least one that does watch pro wrestling now uh, on occasion. She was on one of the radio programs I was on uh, when I was being interviewed in Logan about WrestleMania. She was one of the hosts on KVNU. And I explained it to her and she watched. And every once in a while she'll make a comment about something that I'll post on my Facebook page. I, you and I have said this before. If I ever watch another episode of Survivor, I might as well slip my wrist. Excuse me for being that graphic. <laughs> I've watched two episodes. I'll never get that four hours back. If I ever watch The Masked Singer, just come take my head off. I cannot stand the thought of watching The Masked Singer. But I'm not going to make fun of people that like it. You know, yeah. I you know I might I just I I've come to people and they said something to me about whatever. Did you see this? I said no, I don't watch that show. I don't like that kind of show. I don't like the um, uh, what it, the the prank shows like they do on uh, uh, True TV. That's so popular. They they run pranks all the time. It's been on the air for years. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh. You do that to me, you're gonna wind up with a broken nose. You know. That's just not my thing. My thing is watching the story development, watching what happens, watching, uh, you know, it's it's fun to watch. And then sometimes it's almost stupid to watch. And then you go, oh, boy, that was dumb, but it made you laugh. I'll give you an example if you give me just a second. It was uh, yeah. the match with Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, best friends, taking, uh, let's see, and Pinta, uh they took on the Blackfoot, the Blackpool uh, Combat Club. And in the match, a couple of weeks ago, they had Trent Beretta's mother show up in a minivan, just destroyed. So they're doing this match. Trent actually grabs a microphone and says, you wrecked my mother's van. And a few minutes later, out comes a British van. It's one of those Mercedes vans. And there's a driver on the wrong side of the road if you're, you know, if you're not British. And there's Trent Beretta's mother with some serving trays that had snacks on them. And they started beating each other with these serving <laughs> trays. I laughed my head off about that. I don't expect everyone to like that, but I liked it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, that that was That's the, the big difference. And I think professional wrestling did it to themselves, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, and you yeah, know, you can thank yeah, Vincent I, Kennedy I, I know McMahon. What you're yeah. But I just tell I know him, what you're yeah. Uh, the mass singer. Oh my word. Oh. Yeah. Don't get me on that thing. So oh. um, so I want to talk to you. So now that we kind of got. <laughs> That's kind of a, a roundabout way of getting to the pay-per-view. I apologize yeah, no for problem, man. interrupting you. I got us off on a, <laughs> I got us off on a way side street there. So, so back to the pay-per-view, okay? Um, so you, we had talks during the week, and um, you know, uh, we, you told me what time it was at, and, and I asked you where do you get it at, how do you get it, and stuff, and um, so. I was like, man, I really want to get that. And I sat down and I was about ready to pull the trigger. And I was like, ah, 50 bucks. I just, oh, I, That's couldn't, tough. So I couldn't, I couldnn't pull the trigger. It, it's uh, tough. 50 uh, so, bucks is tough. And then you add that, <laughs> you add that, you know, what's coming up this Sunday, all out in Chicago, another pay-per-view, <laughs> AEW mistake. That's a mistake. AEW. <laughs> Because I ain't buying it. I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Not going to do it. Yeah. So anyway, so, I understand. So that, so that kind of. So my whole point of asking that was, um, so we used to we used to pay that to watch WrestleMania and stuff. I mean, I I I would get WrestleMania and I'd get a pay per view here and there. Why is it so hard for us to do it now when say? 10, 12 years ago, before the WWE Network, I, I honestly, truly, Dave, I do, that is one thing that I will give the WWE a, a, a thousand points if the points mattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would give them all the points in the world for that WWE Network. And I know it's on Peacock now, whatever, same thing. But that has been for in my opinion, one of the best, better streaming services that I like pay, paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's relatively affordable, but the content you get and uh, the, you know, for having those premium live events once a month, it's a pretty fair deal, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you with that at all uh, because – if you remember when they came out with the network, you had it before I did, and uh, I. Well, and we both, but we were both like, "This is the stupidest thing in the world. Right. What are we going to do? How are they going to fill up a network with this crap?" <laughs> and they did, and it was great. They did, yeah, and, and it's been fantastic. And you know what made me get the network? They did a special where you could order the network at nine ninety nine, but wait, there's more. If you order now, choose a T-shirt from the WWE shop. And I went in there and I got a Sting shirt. And that's wow, where, cool. that's what got me on the network. And I used it a lot. I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't regret paying for it at all. And Peacock is part of my service that's on my on my cable, so I don't have to pay extra for it. And, uh, oh, that's but, cool. Yeah. And now there comes word. We've talked about this before. But uh, right before the uh, all-out or all-in in, in uh, Europe, Tony Khan was doing an interview, and he said he still would like to get content available on Max and maybe even the pay-per-views yeah. all on Max, and that would be fantastic. Oh, yeah, that would be super cool. I, I, 
I honestly, I'm surprised they don't. I mean, um, there was a kid that I met at, uh, when Jackson was doing the, I think we talked about this on one of the shows um, a while back, but this kid I met, uh, it's a really super cool guy. I wish I could remember his name is. Sorry, dude, if you're listening. Um, but uh, um, he pays $7.99 a month for the Impact Network. Mm-hmm. And, and he was full-blown all on into Impact. He, he liked Impact better than the WWE at that point. Right. And so I, I, I am a little bit scratch my head and go, if Impact can have their own network and their own content, why can't billionaire Tony Khan come up with something? I, I, I would imagine they would get a pretty good, pretty good, uh, you know, initial following and initial sign up and stuff. I mean, you know how all that goes. Like even I think with Peacock, like when they first come out, they spike and then after a little while, they kind of die down, and mm-hmm. they let start leveling out. But I don't see why, because like honestly, if, if the AEW had a network, I would I would buy it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if it was reasonably priced, like the WWE Network. Yeah. Was, well, I think and, I think a lot of it has to yeah. do how can you fill twenty four hours a day. And Tony Khan yeah. last year bought the Ring of Honor uh, and all their their uh, pay per views and all their TV programs. So there's one way. Now they've got five years, or what is it, five years now of AEW, or at least three or four. Anyway, they've got years of their programming and pay-per-views. So they could fill it and maybe do some special things like they did that that program with Cody Rhodes, and uh, then they did one with uh, Adam Cole recently, too. I, I, it's it's think, where like that you said, program I, I would imagine... I would imagine they would... Sorry, I'm going to talk over you again. Okay, I'm doing that really bad tonight. No I apologize. problem. Uh, um, um, sometimes it's hard when Dave's in Utah on Northern Utah time and I'm on Central Utah time. I'm oh, just kidding. That was just <laughs> <laughs> we're in the same time zone. <laughs> but uh, sorry, stupid <laughs> joke. Um, but uh, now I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I interrupted you and now I screwed it all. We were up. talking about sorry. 24-hour programming on the network. So, anyways, okay. The whole point of the thing was was. But why not do like WWE did with Peacock? I would imagine Tony Khan and his billions could sit down and negotiate with Warner Brothers uh, slash HBO Max, uh, or like I said, sit down with Hulu and and figure out some sort of even Pluto or something like that. Like you know, Pluto has ads, um, but you know, you think he could do. I think the AEW would be a little bit more accessible than just some highlights on YouTube as just accessible, not successful, than just a few more than a, than a few things on YouTube, I guess. I, well, I, I just a little bit scratch my head because, you know, <laughs> the guy's a billionaire. It's not <laughs> like he can't buy something. Well, we the got... guy could probably buy enough content to <laughs> yeah. fill up any. Yeah. And he could, he could, he could do that, you know, buying up, uh, you know, old stuff and putting in some, maybe the old fifties wrestling, if that's still available. But I think a lot of it might have to do with contracts now with Tom Warner and with, um, okay. you know, they've got, they've got the TNT, they got TBS and they've, they've got one show on TBS, two shows on uh, TNT and how that's going to work out. There's a lot of legalities when you're talking yeah. about a streaming service. But before I forget, two things. One has to do with Netflix. Netflix announced last week 
that they're going to have a show. I think they've already filmed it, but they follow around a basic independent wrestling organization that's very famous, Ohio Valley Wrestling. And that's going to be on Netflix soon. So it's going to, they might be owned by Al Snow now, uh, but you know it might be somebody else by now, but they've been around for years. And we actually had uh, Brett Buffet on with us on with us one time, and he had just performed for Ohio Valley. And um, what a he he just he was actually on awe inspired when he walked into the arena. So that's coming up on Netflix. So was was do you remember um, the developmental type territory that when uh, like John Cena and Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar. And all of them were there at the same time. Yeah, Ohio. I think they they did Ohio for a while, then they moved it to Florida, FLW, and then they became NXT. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it was FLW. Okay, right. sorry. I I, I I guess I got that. I got. And I know the confused. WWE sorry. had they had connections with Ohio Valley for a while too. Uh, yeah. So that might. Yeah, have been. I remember. It's been a few. It's been a few years ago. You and I were talking about that. It's a, it's probably on one of the older episodes of the podcast. Yeah. But, cool. And then uh, I, uh, I mean, so it's getting out there. It's getting there. It's lots of you know. Yeah. It's cool that Netflix is picking stuff like that up. And, and then uh, thing number two, I want uh, to get in before I forgot, is because we have a new champion in the NWA, and uh, that is a man that's going to be in Salt Lake City coming up next month to take on our very own friend, Manny Lemons. And that is E-C-3. He beat Tyrus. And Tyrus is supposed to retire from wrestling now. I don't know if he will or not. There's a lot of haters of Tyrus out there. Oh, well, he's conservative. That's why there's a lot of haters. Yeah, they can all screw off. (laughs) They don't need to mix politics and wrestling. Yeah. Good grief. Except, so. except uh, where I'm doing my news at right now, uh, there's a couple of wrestling organizations there, and one of them is the organization that has the progressive liberal as a wrestler. Remember, I was talking about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that 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 would be great. Yeah, that would be really great. Um, so uh, I wanted to talk to you for a sec too about uh, some of the stuff that's coming up on the WWE, a lot of stuff that's looking pretty good. Um, we did talk a little bit earlier about uh, LA Knight and some of the stuff that he's doing. Um, but I guess, uh, boy, he's red hot right now, man. Red, red hot. hot. Even <laughs> in the AEW crowd, you see signs that say, yeah. <laughs> really, I've, I saw him. <laughs> I, I haven't got my shirt yet, dude. Ah, ah. It's It's been back-ordered till like, the middle of next month. Well, I think it was last week that Chris put on our Facebook page that the top three selling items from WWE Shop were all L.A. Knight-related. And so boy, cool. It, you know, my wife and I discussed, because she's a fan of his, and I discussed it with her, I don't want to say it was last night, or anyway, it was recently, I said, you look at this guy, and you look at him as a personality. And you see how he eats up the screen. There's something about how somebody approaches what they're doing, and the screen loves them. The last one I can say that did that 
where the television screen, the movie screen, or whatever, was The Rock. And I say that because he had this just giant charisma that came out as part of the TV program. And then when he went into movies, when he did The Scorpion King, right before that, uh, yeah, The Scorpion King, I was... That was the mummy movie that he was in just for a short time. Yeah. yeah. They did their first yeah. daily. When they did their first daily and they're watching what they filmed that day with The Rock, the, <laughs> the director says, we got to develop a movie now for this guy. Because he saw that, how the screen just ate him up. And I see that in L.A. Night. I really do. So uh, that's kind of, I was thinking, I saw a thing the other day. That was yesterday or today? Oh, I was reading about... Uh, um, uh, John Cena being in you know Hollywood, uh-huh. and how he may ha- not be as popular as he once was because of some of the movies he's done lately on for like Hulu and stuff aren't getting good reviews, and and so John Cena's Hollywood times might be numbered. Who cares? He's got money. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell cares? I mean, honestly. <laughs> So much money to be in freaking Fast and the Furious. Oh. I mean, a career can't last forever. And John Cena's <laughs> going to be on SmackDown this Friday night. You know, he's got more money than you and I will ever see, ever spend. He could he could outspend us in one day from what we're going to make in our entire lives. So who cares? Yeah. I, just, I get so upset with these people. Sorry. I'm on oh, my soapbox. Great, so. I love it. But, well, it's just funny because, you know, three months ago they were saying the same crap about The Rock when when his Disney deal, uh, yeah. do you remember his deal with Disney kind of went a little bit south because of that stupid, fake, phony, baloney, garbage lawsuit that he was involved in that he wasn't really involved in. Yeah. We never really did talk about that. That no. was I don't know much about it, to be honest with you, so. I don't know a ton about it either. Some gal that used to wrestle at Impact, some psycho, and she thought that that the Texas police and all the WWE roster was going to kidnap her kids. And oh, anyways, it was all a bunch oh, of phony, phony garbage. Yeah. But Disney, you know, they jumped on the bandwagon and cut the rock loose, and now he's back. <laughs> you know? So it's just like, oh my gosh, if John Cena did a Hulu movie, it was probably <laughs> because it was easy money. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, think about it. I mean, he he's like, this ain't going to be seen in theaters. Do I have to give it my best? <laughs> no, I could probably show up half half stoned and have a good time on the set and try to build my character a little bit or my, uh, you know, movie library a little bit. And, and, I mean, how many crap movies did Schwarzenegger do? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Junior was terrible. Oh, Junior it was, was terrible. terrible. The Take twins, the <laughs> twins wasn't that good. Yeah. But you know what? I, I'm going to I'm going to get slightly political here. I hate yeah, I that in this country, that now because of social media, and I'm going to blame it right on them, we no longer are innocent until proven guilty. It's now oh, yeah. guilty until you prove yourself innocent, and I think that is harmful. I think it's going to. Bite us in the old posterior if it hasn't already, and it scares me to death when I see these oh, yeah. these men or women get accused of something, and then their career is over with. 
I mean, it's yeah. over with. You yeah. can't get that back. And I, I've seen it happen way too many times. And if somebody really does some of the things that are accused, they need to rot in jail or, you know, whatever the punishment comes up with. I'm all for it. But I, and this goes back to my professionalism here, I hate when I have to come up and do a news story where I have to name somebody's name that is um, accused of a horrid crime, horrid crime. And because I always in the back of my mind saying, what if they didn't do it? I would rather wait until they're convicted to say, yeah, Yeah, they did this. That's just me. And um, I know that in some European countries, News organizations do it that way, but not here in the States. You get somebody that could make a accusation and somebody's career is ruined, you know, and it could be yeah, completely it's really, false. it's really unfortunate. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. You know, I, um, you know, I can relate to what you're saying because yeah. a similar thing happened to me at one of my former employers, just like you're saying, just yeah. allegations, lies, and, and, you know, my former employer, instead of doing an investigation, they just went, mm, okay, yep, uh-huh. you're guilty right? until proven innocent. And you remember you know, the, and like, the company I used to work for that printed a, a news story with someone with my same name accused of being mm-hmm. a peeping Tom? Do you oh, remember geez. that? <laughs> they didn't even put Vaguely, a disclaimer yeah, on I'm... there. But they did later. <laughs> I mean, there was my yeah. name, the na- my given name, and uh, this person was a a peeping Tom and they put my name out there as it, oh, anyway, that's why, that's why you got to add the middle name of Buford to it. Yeah. And we know it's you. <laughs> Buford done, done this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, well. So dude, you know, um, I want to talk to you for this a second. Kind of, it's, it's not, it's, it's relatable to what we're talking about, but not on that type of level. I'm like, you're talking about like a harassment or whatever. It's more of on a professional type level. I read a thing the other day that talked about, and I texted you about it, when, you know, ruining careers and things like this, that topic we're t- discussing. And and the article was um, about Elias, uh, WWE wrestler Elias, and how Elias was over. He was there. I mean, dude, the, Elias was L.A. Knight two, three years ago. Yeah, he was. He was hot. I, I mean, that pop, he was red hot. And, I mean, smashing that guitar, singing his songs, you know, uh, making a diss. I mean, remember that diss he did in Seattle? Uh-huh. And, I mean, that crowd, they blew the roof off that place, but with booze. <laughs> yeah, that was on the Kevin Owens show. And yes. They yes, couldn't hear it. So they were funny. sitting right next to each other. And they could not hear each other. So they were literally sitting there looking at each other, smiling and laughing because they didn't know where to go. It was so loud. The crowd was into it so much. It was unreal. I agree with yeah. you about Elias. And, and, and it, all of a sudden, I, so did Elias get hurt? Or I don't remember 100% of what happened, but that stupid mm-hmm. Ezekiel character comes back. That was bad. And... Uh, so how does somebody like that, 
how does that how do they recover from something like that when sometimes you can piss poor writing piss poor writing ruined their their run and the hot seat i mean we were two three years ago before covid you know stuff elias you and i were like put the belt on that guy uh-huh. no put something on him u.s title intercontinental title something we were like that guy is red hot he needs a title and he went from that to now it's not even on tv in four years He's almost forgotten now with L.A. Knight and some of these guys that are on the roster now. There's no room for Elias. Yeah. Somebody like that. I I, I, don't know. I totally agree with you. I can only say that when they brought out Ezekiel, that ruined his career completely and ruined him. But what does um, a guy like that do, though? You know, he, he, he should I probably mean, go to another organization or retire and do something else. Or try to come up with a storyline to where he somehow destroys Ezekiel, you know, somehow yeah. just uh, just yeah. you know talks about his stupid brother and uh, you know just got rid of I you know something like that. Um, I'm trying and, to remember the guy with somebody red hot, yeah, like L.A. Knight, you know. And then you you know you I go mean, back. Imagine how much that would piss that would piss every fan in WWE off if you saw Elias smash LA Knight over the head with a guitar. Oh yeah. And you know, and then people would forget about Ezekiel. He would have to have a major, major feud with one of the top names. And that's, that's just being honest. And then you remember back when the Miz was red hot and his stunt double, Damian Sandow, as soon as they got rid of the stunt double, Sandow's, career he did a little bit in nwa but that's it i mean he was done how do you come back from that kind of thing it's so and and it wasn't and and you can't and the thing is is you can't have damian mizdow as forever like it's got to be written off eventually yeah but you know i i would imagine you know and and we we're sitting here talking you know as armchair quarterbacks you know when they're pitching those ideas in that back room and 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 they have these writers and people and things like that, you know, maybe they might think, oh, my gosh, this is totally going to sell with Ezekiel. And they repackage him and, you know, and it falls flat on its face. Remember but who had the final a good idea? Who had the final say in everything for I years? I mean, he I put the kibosh on so many careers because he didn't like the way they were doing. He didn't like the New Day at first. He was against the New really? Day. Really? Yeah. Well, and you know, he didn't like AJ Styles either. He didn't like it. He didn't. They, well, they, well, Go yeah. ahead. That's going to say, they, he thought AJ Styles was just going to be a mid-carder. He's like, that guy? He's yeah. not going to carry a title. Uh-huh. And then recently. He thought AJ Styles was some impact jobber. <laughs> Remember recently, probably around the time of the of the pandemic, he put out this edict that they were no longer going to go after wrestlers and other organizations. They were no longer going to go for any wrestler that was under a certain height, that they wanted to go for people that were athletes, uh, maybe football players, track and field, or some other athletic 
endeavor besides wrestling. Maybe they could be college wrestlers or amateur wrestlers, but he didn't want... You know what they should be? What's that? They should be social media stars. (gasps) Yeah, like that And pretend boxers. And like actually, that, you know what? He was pretty good. That, that actually, last, that he, he last, did pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and and the, and what happened was about that time when he came out. Who did you have as champion over in uh, uh, NXT? Tomasa Champa, and uh, you had the smaller guys, and of course Vince is the he wants the big muscular guys, and that's when he came out with that edict. And NXT has really struggled as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't think they're as good as they ever were. Uh, it, just, it just worries yeah, me sometimes. Yeah, you know, and I would imagine it's if Triple H is spending more time up on the the main roster and and writing and, and figuring that all out, he probably is let, you know, sometimes when you loan the keys to the car, it doesn't come back as nice. Well, it's Shawn Michaels you know? in charge now, basically. And you also have uh, Sir William Regal back, but they are they are saddled with some performers who I I said this on the last podcast because I don't want it to come out wrong because I like some of these performers, but there's so many of the performers that were in the NXT program when they had it over in Europe that they brought over here, and now they're the ones that they're pushing. And it's not that I dislike them. The Gallus boys, the you know, they've been the tag team champions. They're good, really good. But you can't understand what they're saying because they have these thick accents. But I love Sheamus. I love the brawling brutes. So it's not anything about I have a, um, a prejudice, I'm going to say, uh, against those performers. I don't connect with them. And yeah, it's not saying anything about them being being bad, but I just don't. There's a, a lady performer they brought over that they've really pushed a lot, and she's good. But I could care less. I mean, when she comes on the screen, I go, okay, let's move this along. Yeah. And I, because you don't connect. Well, you got to have I that connection to, with them. Well, Braun Breaker's the best thing in NXT right. uh, that there's been in, in a long time. But it's hard to build a show and stuff around, you know, one person. You got to have a. That's why they have a supposed to have a roster, right? Uh, you know, so I I understand what you're saying, and and I guess we do have to step back a little bit and go, okay, remember this is the developmental league, exactly. So and that's why I hesitate to say gonna, that. Yeah, yeah, and so sometimes we're gonna. I think sometimes we forget of NXT as the developmental territory. Yeah. And that, you know, they're, they they have to give these guys, and they have contracts and stuff too, just right. like everything. So if, if some of these lower tier, pro not lower tier, that sounded really mean, but if some of these guys on that NXT level that aren't quite the WWE level, I mean, it's just like watching European basketball. You know, those yeah. guys are fantastic players. Right. But, they do different things in the NBA. So and, they can't really compete in the NBA. Well, I'll it's give not you like a, you're saying it's not like they're bad talent. Right. They're excellent. They're professional athletes. Right. right. I mean, to make it to that level is, is, is something that, uh, 
I'll never how do. many people <laughs> would die to be on, on NXT. Right, and they're running a program now with the, the old Heritage Cup where they do a six three-minute rounds and, and all that, and it's actually a couple of performers that came from the NXT when it was over in Great Britain. And it's not that it's a bad thing. I just don't have a connection to it. I don't connect yeah, to it. Yeah, I agree. I, and that yeah, I could care yeah, less I, about I, that. Yeah, I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like you said, there's a lot of, you know, it, it is interesting how they're trying to, you know, um, like like Dominic Mysterio, he does a few things there and right now. And sometimes uh, some of these WWE guys, like AJ Styles showed up on there not right. too long ago and, they have Baron uh, Corbin now down uh, there and Mustafa Ali and Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I think that's kind of good. I I would imagine they do that to it probably helps the younger wrestlers out and stuff. I I would imagine. Yeah. You know to have somebody like uh, you get in the ring with somebody like AJ Styles and that's a probably a dream come true for oh. a lot of people. Oh, it would be me if I was a wrestler but, so. Uh yeah, I don't know a lot uh it's it's all good though. You know, we love we love it all. We love NXT, we love Impact, we love it all, man. Exactly. <laughs> That's cuz you and I are wrestling fans. I mean, you know, we're an <laughs> we're a strange breed, Dave. Two guys that can sit down and <laughs> go from subject to subject on the same subject for over an hour. And uh, you know, the guys at STF had their big event last weekend, and you were going to go, but yeah. you couldn't go because of family obligations. They had Kevin Sullivan was there, and they had Holiday, yeah. who was a great female performer on the indie circuit. Uh, so then DCW this coming month is going to have Ethan Carter the third, EC3, the NWA champion will be there. And uh, there's just some good stuff out there, man. I love it. Um, so I did get a message back from Darren. Is it okay if I read it real quick? Sure, no problem. And I texted him while we were here on the show and asked him how the show went because I was a little bit bummed that we couldn't make it. We just had so much going on down here. Uh, so Darren said it was off the hooks. The main event was insane. We had a video crew filming it so you can see it, but the crowd loved it. We've been getting comments from people saying it was the best show yet. Good. He said, Good but this him. one was stressful. He <laughs> said, I can't book another show that big and live, LOL. <laughs> so I'm glad it was very successful for Darren, and we'll get him back on the show. I'd, yes. I'd like to I'd like to hear, uh, you know, we always like to talk to um, people with different, you know, on, on, on different spectrums of the professional wrestling. You know, we got people coming on the show that are bookers and, and independents, and we've a lot of big names. It's just a lot of fun. Right, it is. And uh, Tombstone Jesus posted on his Facebook page that he was there, and, of course, his son was with him, and uh, Kevin Sullivan and them attacked them backstage. So next Uh-oh. time, Kevin Sullivan's supposed to be back, and Tombstone going to get a hold of him some Kevin Sullivan. Uh-oh. Kevin Sullivan, Uh-oh. I would run. A little, little homage there to Bray Wyatt, so. Yes. Well, David, uh, I've really enjoyed this uh, conversation that we've had tonight. We haven't recorded for a while. Uh, 
so I appreciate you keeping everything moving along while I try to figure things out on my end and uh, try. Dave knows about running a business and how stressful and how, how what it takes. It's hard to find free time sometimes. And still have time for your family. And yeah. you, you've got that yeah. little boy that is just adorable. And uh, you got to find time for him too, man. And yourself. Yeah. And oh, your yeah. wife. Yes. Myself. Oh, Dave. <laughs> I don't need time for myself. I, I got to take care of everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you, man. Okay. Well, Dave, just, you know, uh, everything that we covered tonight was, was really fun and really fantastic. And it really does show you uh, so much of the topics and so much of the things that we talked about tonight of how fun it is right now you know, to be a wrestling fan mm-hmm. and because there's so much cool stuff that we have gone from subject to subject and, and, and promotion to promotion uh, because it is really fun to be a wrestling fan. And, and it's a great time right now to be a wrestling fan. From the Double Cross Ranch in Amarillo, Texas, weighing 260 pounds, Harry Funk. I'm talking about the fella that looks like a frog, breaks down like a shotgun. Stinks like a dog. Stinks like a dirty egg sucking dog. Egg sucking dog. Egg sucking dog. Is there anything wrong with that attitude? I might slap you right in the face. It's Terry Fox. Your voice has changed, but your breath is still the same. Whenever I say that Ric Flair has a banana nose, that makes his feet a little bit itchy, but it doesn't make him that mad. Whenever I say that he has horse teeth, that bothers him somewhat. Whenever I say that he looks like Barbara Bush in drag, that also bothers him somewhat. And I have no respect for that fat, no good, egg-sucking cockroach, Dusty Rhodes. If you take a horse that's an idiot and you breed it to another idiot, do you know what you have? I'm 99% sure you're going to have another damn idiot. Because he obviously is a putrid-looking fat you should be wearing a 48 triple C cup. Egg sucking dog. We did it our way. Not like the WCW. We did it our way. Not like AAA, New Japan, All Japan, FMW. We did it our way. Not like the ultimate fighting organizations. We did it our way. Because I'm middle-aged and crazy, crazy like a fox. 
Hey, I want to tell you kids something. Don't believe in Santa Claus. And remember, old Yeller ain't no dog. And who is it? It's Terry Funk. More dangerous than a hollow-eyed scorpion. I'm coming. From the Double Cross Ranch in Amarillo, Texas, weighing 260 pounds, Terry Funk. We're here. Behold, the new face of fear. Eric Rowan is and always has been my brother, just as. Luke Harper is my brother, just as Braun is my brother. We are brothers united in blood. This is a, a version of me that I'm, I've never got to introduce to you guys before. This is just me being me, genuine me for the first time. together again someday. I saw it in my dreams. This is the Firefly Funhouse. And my name is Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yowie wowie. We're going to have so much fun here. I used to be a very bad man. I'm really sorry for what I did. I mean, all of you forgive me. Right? Can't you hear them singing? Can't you hear them singing with me? Brothers and sisters, he's got the whole world in his hand. 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 Now who is Bray Wyatt? I could give you a million definitions. Because I have a thousand names. We're here. <laughs> 